0: some of the subjects that he and Dr. K share in their teachings, and uh, just got a lot of questions that I really want to understand. They've got some good material, and um, I think it's going to help us all. So we'll get started right after this.
1: Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, KingdomTalksMedia.com. Now, enjoy the show.
0: All right, well, I'm excited to have Dr. Bill Henshaw on the show with me. Uh, We've uh, had some shows in the past. We've had some conversations in between. And I have to say, Dr. Bill, that one of the things I still you know, carry and me is just this thought, this idea that what you share uh, really care, you know, it's really a big piece of this, you know, next age that we're already stepping into. Um, so I, I really want to understand more of what, what you teach. So I've got questions for you that are regarding just understanding that. And I'll start with this. You, you and Kay, Dr. K talk about the awareness factor mm-hmm. and, I really want to understand what does that mean, and how does it affect our understanding and stepping into a greater depth of power and authority, I'll say it that way, in Christ?
2: Well, what I'm going to say might open up uh, another line of questions, and I'm not intending for that, but the current course I'm teaching to our doctorate students is called My Faith Versus His Faith. And then it's prefaced by the faith of Jesus. So we're understanding if the Apostle Paul lived by the faith of the Son of God, then what, uh, what is my faith about? And really, when we look at the word business, we see that the word faith means persuasion. So here's a scripture that might help explain that. In uh, Hebrews 10, verse 38 and 39 in the Mirror Bible, it says righteousness by God's faith defines life. Reverting to the law of works grieves God's work of grace. We are not of the quitting kind. We possess a persuasion of soul that believes against the odds. Now, the thing about this persuasion of the soul is the more I am persuaded or convinced that what God has said, what God has done is actually for me, is a part of me, it defines who I am. And I become persuaded of that or convinced of that, you know, even before there's this grand awakening, still that is kind of the path, process or the path to this awakening for me. So I keep studying, I keep pressing in, I keep getting revelation. And it's like when you hear somebody say something, uh, you say, wow, that's really great, that's exciting. But you try it, doesn't seem to work for you. But weeks or months down the road, all of a sudden, Boom. You wake up to it. That's an awakening. And so that's what happens to me in scripture.
0: So, um, and and I, again, I just, I love the concept and I, and I believe there's a key in this whole thing that you teach that, um, really is going to open people up to understanding who they are. And I guess what it boils down to, honestly, is we're talking about identity, understanding who you really are. And that's something that's really near and dear to my heart is for people to understand who they are. So there's certain things that we've done that have opened up um, channels of thought, you might say, um, (laughs) that have brought a whole new world of awareness. And yet um, a question I would have for you is it seems like you put a tremendous amount of emphasis on awareness in the process. So, how how does that work? Because I've got some other questions coming up that you know about this awareness. And, and I, let me just throw the other question out there. So as you're answering, maybe you can kind of uh, share along these lines. But okay, um, for instance, uh, the the devil, uh, the demonic, the darkness, all of that is. Uh, I think if I understand where you guys come from correctly, if I understand it correctly, that. You don't necessarily believe that there are, you know, evil entities and so forth. So I'll I'll just stop there, and I want to get a a good understanding of that. When we were created uh, or mirrored out of our Father, we were created
2: as a whole being of spirit, soul, and body. Now, how that works is in Genesis chapter 1, you see the word that God created man Man, there is the the Hebrew word Adam or Adam, yeah. and Adam really means uh, an individual or a species known as mankind. But when you get to chapter two, where God had put Adam to sleep, and something woke up in Adam that we call Eve, or we call the feminine part, the soul, the the suke, and that soul we also call the consciousness. The scripture said in in Genesis three that. Uh, that their the eyes of their understanding were awakened or enlightened, and they knew. So that's conscious awareness. Now, Adam and Eve were still one, but here's a spirit man who now has a conscious awareness and. This this Hebrew word now for Adam in chapter two is the Hebrew word Adam, which means Adam the man. So he's still Adam the spirit man, but he's also Adam in human form. And he takes on another identity that the consciousness of his suke embraced. And so that is the beginning for me of this thing called identity. He awakened and became aware of that his natural surroundings and all of the things Things that he saw influenced him. So the things we, I know there's more than this, but the things we hear, the things we see, the things we touch influence our emotions and our emotions then become uh, a, 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 uh, a vehicle of persuasion. And so we become persuaded about things. So for example, in this natural realm of awareness, uh, yes, people are chasing demons, we're casting out demons, we're binding demons. And we also call them spirits. The problem with the word spirits in our English Bibles is it's actually the Greek word pneuma, which we use for Holy Spirit. We use for our spirit, us as spirit, but we also use uh, another form of that word in its root is mindset. And so when Jesus cast out spirits, the word cast out there is a compound word that can be changed. So he changed mindsets with his words. And that's what you do on your shows as you're bringing Kingdom Talks to the world. You're changing the way people think. Even if you're not intentionally trying to persuade people and you're just laying it out there, still there is an act of persuasion that's going on to say, here's a concept, here's a truth. And people get a hold of that and they say, Wow. I really needed that. That really added something to my yeah, life. Yeah, And so that's why I don't chase. And since I quit chasing demons and quit believing that everything evil going on around me was demonic activity, it's brought such peace and such uh, longevity of stability in my life. And I will tell you this, If we really want to find out where evilness comes from, we look to the book of Revelation and we find that the unrenewed thinking in our own soul is the
0: evil that attacks us and comes against us. So, you know, I, in my growth, you know, came to a place where I just began to understand that, you know, Christ in me, the light of the world, I am the light of the world because he's in me and really came to an honest revelation that I am the light of the world and because of Jesus in me, so therefore any demonic, any evil, any darkness that sees me and realizes that I already know who I am really doesn't mess with me and moves on. And as long as I hold that place of consciousness, which I generally do, I would say 95% of the time I do, I'm just throwing out a number, but I feel like it's pretty high up there. I I don't deal with, you know, evil stuff. However, I I guess my question that I'm going to bring it around to is, do you believe there's any evil at all uh, that would be outside of us?
2: The, The scriptures are very clear that there was two trees that God placed in the garden, the tree of life. And then secondly, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which for me and everybody has their take on this, but for me, it is a type of the arm of the flesh. So my flesh is always seeking to do good or seeking to do evil. So you look at people in the world and you say, well, man, those are people, evil people, so they must have evil thoughts and intentions. You know, one time God said he was going to destroy the mankind that he created because of the, they were always, their intentions was always evil. Their thoughts were always evil, but God, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God, which we know can be translated in the hebrew as rest found grace so that shows us the position where to we were created in and the position we're to be in now it's been a long time since we've talked and i'm currently teaching in the book of revelation i'm teaching revelation chapter i just taught revelation 21 verses 9 through 11 today and what i found is is that what chapter 1 of genesis unveils is is completed in revelation 21 and 22. So this is Isaiah's prophesying about God saying he declares the end from the beginning. So everything in between which is a big span of scripture from Genesis 2 to the end of revelation chapter 20 is mankind's ploy to either do right or to do wrong, feeling blessed, feeling cursed, feeling like I succeeded, I failed. All of that stems from this thing in the flesh or in the unrenewed thinking that says, I've got to find a way to please God. And if I do right, I'm pleasing God. And if I don't do right, then God's not pleased with me. Instead of doing what Adam and Eve should have done, which was to eat of the tree of life. Now, here's some good news. God placed a cherubim at the entrance of the garden. And this cherubim, if you read multiple translations, you look at the Hebrew, was uh, identified as a twirling, uh, revolving, a uh, uh, flame of fire yeah. okay that word actually translates as bright messenger now i asked the question why would you uh, just let's just be plain about it kick adam and Eve out of the garden but then place a bright messenger at the entrance of the garden well, the reason was, again, this takes a lengthy study in the Hebrew, but the reason was is because God placed this revolving bright messenger like a revolving door that said, I'm taking you out of, I'm not kicking you out of anything, but I'm taking you out of that which you thought you possessed, which was mistaken identity. And now I've provided a revolving door and the light that will show you the path to the tree of life.
0: I like that. I like that. So I guess I'm still struggling with, um, uh, you know, the idea that there's absolutely no evil at all, that there's no darkness at all. Uh, uh, And are you, bottom line, uh, saying that, and again, I'm not arguing, I'm just wanting to know where, where your stand is, but are you saying that there is no evil other than basically what we create?
2: I've studied every word there is for uh, devil, and Satan, and things that allude to evil in Scripture. And I cannot find that any of that pertains to any evil entity. Because if there is an entity out there that is evil, and that entity is able to burn our house down, kill our children, uh, cause this overwhelming sense of depression to come on us, then there is another power out there. And the Scriptures do not teach that there's two powers. That's what we call uh, dualism. Or, or, yeah, dualism yeah yeah and so there is god god is all power and you said something a while ago that really uh made me think of you you said that that uh, we're light because god is light well you know what the scripture says in first john 1 5 said there is no darkness in him at all now since i'm the reflection of god that's what the hebrew says that we're the mirrored reflection of god so if god reflected himself when he created me, then he created me just like himself. Very little difference, okay? And, and that's another Hebrew uh, study. But the thing is, is that he is light, so I am light. And if there's no darkness in my father, there's no darkness in me. Now, the scripture tells us that he that is born of God does not sin. But you have to look at the, the whole context in the Greek there in 1 John and find out what he's saying is that you as a created being in spirit form has no sin in you whatsoever. Sin we call mistaken identity, which is darkness, it's evil, it's all of those things. There is none in us, but we have this soulish man. Where did the soulish man awaken? Because some people say before we came to this earth realm, we were like Adam. We were asleep before Adam had a consciousness. We come to this earth realm. Interesting. And we wake up to our surroundings, to our mentors, to our parents. And they teach us things that they have learned from the Adam lie or what I now call the Adam religion. And they teach us those things. And now we begin to become persuaded of evil, of of demons, of devils. And sometimes all that does is just keep us in in a a type of uh, prison of fear always fearing the things yeah, around us. Yeah.
0: No, I would I would very much agree with you in that area. Um, so what do you call it then when, um, you know, because bad things happen to good and bad people. Mm-hmm. Bad things happen all the time. I mean, I'm not a, you know, I don't focus on, on the bad and the mm-hmm. evil or anything like that. But where does that come from then? Is it, um, is it the... The, the, the full consciousness of the all humanity that um, you know is is you know believing in some of that stuff and therefore manifested, uh, where does it come from well the power of
2: belief is is amazing i I just did a course uh, a, a master course on um, uh, 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 Christian psychology and uh, it really dealt with theology versus psychology and how those two can blend together but what I've learned is this that you take for example let's just if if i'm not overstepping my balance you take the corona coronavirus okay i get messages from all over the world with two timelines and with about almost 10,000 people following my ministry at this point on facebook alone I get people that saying this is God trying to bring people to their knees so that they'll turn to God. Now we got this campaign going on on television and I'm not trying to knock anything so I'm so anybody that hears this, I'm not intending to be critical. I'm just saying that we're saying that if you return to God, God will return to you. That's never been God's concept. Okay? Right, God right. has never been you act first of no all. God's always acted. Exactly. Right. And so where did the coronavirus come from? Did it come from the Chinese? Did it come from America? Did it come, where did it, it just happened? Okay, you know, was it political? Did the government do it? I don't really focus on any of those aforementioned things. What I believe is we're in a world and then this world has some natural things going on. Sometimes those natural things produce diseases, produce illnesses. Uh, You take the chemicals that people work around that produce cancer or the different products. Did God do that? No, did the devil do that? No, it just happened. And I just say this, you know what? Stuff happens in this world. And I'm focused on God to the point that, you know someone asked me, how are you guys doing? Uh, Well, we're coronavirus free. It's not coming to our household. It's not because we're like super playing it safe and we're out of fear doing all the things. Do we wear a mask when we go out? Absolutely. But the thing is this, just because we're playing by the rules that the leaders of our country have set doesn't mean that we're walking in fear. What this means is is that we literally do not, as a matter of fact, let me explain it this way. There was a woman who had cancer. This woman got a, 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 uh, uh, she was in her final stage three of cancer, checked into the hospital to die. She got so tired of her situation, she uh, woke within herself. She had an awakening, and she said, "I no longer believe in cancer." Checked herself out of the hospital, went home, and within a matter of a few short weeks—I think it was something like six weeks—as I heard the story, uh, she was 100% cancer-free. Why? She chose not to believe in the evil that a lot of people believe in. And so, what people will tell you is, "Well, your your daddy had cancer, your uncle had cancer, your grandma had cancer, so it's inevitable that you're going to get cancer." Well, you can grab that. Become persuaded of that, believe in that, and lo and behold, guess what? You may one day come down with cancer, and it may kill you and remove you from this this earth realm, but you don't have to believe in it. So do I believe in evil? I choose not to believe in evil, and the only evil I deal with is not the evil in other people. It's the evil in my own unrenewed thinking because when I see people, it's important that I see them like my father sees them. Well, in turn, it's also important that I see myself like father sees me.
0: Well, this is, this is all good. And again, I've got a, a lot more questions, but uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back after this.
1: Hey there. Thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We are taking a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups are using this course to shift their thinking into the next-age paradigm. Yeshua spoke of power, authority, love, and oneness that we have yet to walk in. So if you're ready to deconstruct limiting beliefs in order to step into what Father is doing now, this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Courses tab. Now, back to the show.
0: All right. So I'm back with Dr. Bill. And um, so we were just talking a little bit behind the scenes there. And so, Dr. Bill, one of the things that I think others that are watching this might struggle with is the very thing that I'm struggling with right now. And that is there's a big portion of what you're saying that I I'm absolutely on board with. Um, I, I just can't get the meter, so to speak, to get all the way over to the full mark where i could step into the fullness of what you're you're sharing how do you help people get past that blockage i mean because you know i'm i'm kind of blocked there's uh, it's like i can only go so far before i run into a little problem trying to believe or understand or step into what you're sharing right now
2: well i appreciate you asking that because with world bible school university and almost 300 students we're affecting the lives of ministers all over the world who are very much confused about religious ideology and, and their Christ life. And, and so one of the things I do, and I a matter of fact, I was just studying this before uh, I came on with you today. And, and so let me read a scripture from two different translations. This is Hebrews 12, verse 2. We know this scripture very well, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy was that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I want to focus on the first part of this verse because this really should read looking unto Jesus, the originator and perfecter of faith, not our faith. Our, our is italicized. So it was added by the translators. So it's mm-hmm. not talking about our faith. It's talking about his faith. Now listen to this same verse from the Passion Translation. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us mm-hmm. and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. And then it gives the example about the cross and so on now my point of this is I also have areas where I struggle in because it's obvious that we we haven't I, I don't know anyone yet who has uh, achieved a full manifestation of the Christ mind and is still here in this earth realm but I believe that that's a possibility I believe that's the will of the father yeah
0: yeah now
2: so what I do is tell people okay walk in a direction watch what you focus on. Don't focus on the things around you or the thing you You can't ignore them. Okay. Uh, I I can look outside uh, here a few days ago, right on the corner, just, uh, I don't know, a hundred feet, 120 feet from the house on the corner. There was a a car wreck. Um, I didn't go out. I know the norm was people would go out and stand around and look and see what they can see. I didn't go out. Um, you, You know, I can pray here and the ambulance and, fire department, all that came real quickly. But the point is, is we know things are going on around us, but what we focus on about that is extremely important. Now, for example, we look at the drug dealer downtown, and we can see that there's an exchange of, of package and money. And we see that But do we judge that and become uh, upset about that, or do we see Christ in them, see who they were created to be and how Father sees them? So I'm making steps towards something. So how do I do that? I'm looking unto Jesus. I'm looking at the example that Christ brought, not so much that he had Uh, 5,000 people sitting in front of him, plus women and children. Not so much that he laid hands on the sick and they were healed, even though those are important things. It's important that we reach the masses. And it's also important that the sick be healed, those who are struggling with health issues. But what is important for me uh, in my studies, and this is what I do, is I go to the scriptures, I read, but I always do this. I always tell my students that the first rule of biblical interpretation is... Um, is, um, um, is, is you have a right to question the scripture. It's uh, yeah. common sense. Right. Does it make sense? Well, when it doesn't make sense to me, that means there's something in me that's beginning to change and I'm beginning to see something differently than I used to see it. So I will take that scripture then, and I will break it down in the Greek and or Hebrew, and I will see what the words are saying. I study those words out to their very root form so that I can find out what uh, at least James Strong's brought to the table 1,800 years after the original Greek language. And then, of course, I don't have the original Greek, so I have to go to the best uh, one that I can go to, which is Holy Spirit. And I ask Holy Spirit to confirm this, just show me how to put the pieces together. Now, in doing that, sometimes I'll get other scripture that will speak into that uh, revelation I got. And so I let Scripture interpret Scripture, but I definitely let the original language bring an interpretation, like pleasing God. Okay, you know, is God pleased with me? I don't know if you've ever had that struggle before, but a lot of people do. You know, God, are you really pleased with me? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to do? do you know, in Hebrews eleven six, when the Bible said with- without faith, and it actually in the Greek says without exercising faith, it's impossible to please him. I was talking about God. The word pleased there in its root form means fully agreeable. So when I'm exercising faith, I'm fully agreeable uh, with God. What am I exercising faith in? What he said. I'm taking, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done this, but when we take people at face value, we hear what they say, sometimes their words can be deceiving, can mislead us. But I know my father would never mislead me. I'm 100% confident, at least I think I'm 100% confident of that. So when I see what he says and I can validate what he says, then you know what? I can't go wrong, even if it seems like an uncomfortable path I'm going down, and it's messing with my emotions because the unrenewed, uh, the unrenewed soul is kicking up a fuss, and and my renewed thoughts are saying, yes, let's do this, and so I got that little warfare thing going on, and that's where warfare happens. I still move in a direction because I'm looking unto Jesus. How did Jesus approach faith? How did he trust his father? So I'm following that example. And in the process of this journey, boom, it awakens in my conscious mind. And I begin to say, you know what? This was the right path.
0: Yeah. You know, and and I think you and I have talked about this before, just how um, I know for myself, stepping into some of this stuff that I believe now that I didn't believe before it i could tell that it resonated in my spirit mm-hmm. but theologically and in my brain and all the you know the wheel spinning it was just like no no way red flags red flags but it resonated in my spirit and it, until i think people reach that point where they are more they're willing to go more with what their spirit's saying than what they've been told to believe or taught Absolutely. then um, then they're going to just kind of follow in that, the same footsteps. There's really no growth out of that. It's just regurgitating old information versus Amen. when you just sense something that resonates in your spirit that you begin to move with that. Now, does that mean everything's going to be right? No, we're all practicing. We're all learning. We're all growing. But that we need to start practicing more of going with our spirit in order to learn what – is our spirit versus like no that wasn't quite right but these these feelings or this sense is on the right path and yeah. and so it's a journey and it's 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 a journey where we have to be willing to risk we have to be willing yeah. to risk to go down some of those roads but, well i
2: have a perfect example if i might share this uh, here we are in 2020 and it was back in about uh, to, uh, about 1983 or 84 that I was making a transition in my life. There was some things changing and I was pastoring this church and I was listening to a cassette tape series by Dr. Fred Price out of Anaheim, California. And he said that he went to make a business deal. They needed some more property for their ministry. And I think the deposit to bid on, just just to bid on the property was $100,000. And it was non-refundable and they lost the bid and he, he got discouraged about that, but in the process, he was, had so much revelation flowing in, in him, he made a decision that he would never get discouraged another day as long as he lived. I heard him say it's that. Choice. So I, I heard him say that. So you know what I did? I got in the pulpit, and I said, I will never get discouraged another day as long as I live within a couple of weeks, man, I felt like I hit rock bottom. I was so <laughs> discouraged. I went on that guy's revelation, and it wasn't my revelation. Oh, and it yeah. took a long time for me to really tap into that. But I yeah. can say to you today, I don't really get discouraged. I I, I have moments where challenges I, that I have to figure out which way to go, but uh, but you know, I don't get discouraged. And so, yeah, it took a while for me to get
0: that one, but it, it floored me. And, you know, the, I'll not, we're actually out of time, but this, this is such a good conversation. I don't want to end it just yet, you know, because this is so important. Uh, I'm actually, you know, going through something right now. And I, I shared with some leaders today that uh, I'm probably uh, not now, but like, you know, even just yesterday and the week before, I went through some pretty massive struggles that I have not gone through for years because mm-hmm. I've just simply chosen that I'm not going to go there, and yet here it was on me, and I'm like, what is going on? Now, not the major stuff that I've dealt with, but the discourage, some discouragement and some other things that I've not dealt with for years because I knew how to choose not to. Yeah. All of a sudden, subtly, you know, and see, so, uh, this, this would be my question because it's like subtly the darkness managed to seep in and get a hold on me in a sense where I agreed with it. And once I agreed with it, it's like, here it starts to have a heyday. And it was. It was bringing back all these old patterns. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And yeah. anyway, I go ahead and share real quick on that, and then we'll have to end this section. But it's good stuff. Okay.
2: Well, here, here's the thing. First of all, if I believe, if if this is my persuasion, and I believe that some demonic entity uh, actually brought brought up all of that old stuff, like I used to believe, brought up all of that old stuff to my mind. And I begin to remember, uh, then one, I'm admitting to that there's something evil going on in my mind that is not just my thoughts, but it's some evil entity. Then second of all, to to if you look at what religion is, you're mm-hmm. giving a worship or credence to a God or gods, lowercase g. And so I am really, in a sense, uh, applying some level of, of unintended worship or credence to that
0: interesting that power. Yeah, yeah okay
2: so there is only one power i'm you know we'll worship god we the, 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 will only serve god we will only worship uh one he is one and we are one and we know all of that and so uh that's what happens so do old thoughts come you know where old thoughts come from is oftentimes there's stuff that we really didn't fully deal with and we weren't healed of them um You know, when I was nine years old, uh, my dad was a pastor, very a pastor and a very in demand evangelist. And I was left with a pastor and my wife will shoot me for sharing this uh, online. But uh, um, I I was I was left with a neighboring pastor, an older man uh, who began to molest me at nine years old.
0: Hmm.
2: Now, my dad was such a man's man. I could never tell my dad that I could never tell him. So I had a 16-year-old uncle that I confided in, who then began to take advantage of the situation and molest me. I was a a mid-teenager who awoke, okay? And I put a stop to everything. I didn't tell my parents till I was pastoring, married with two children, and it, it about floored them. Now, I talk about it today because that used to come up in my mind constantly. I remember one time I could I could mark by the calendar one solid year every single day something about that came up and just was a, a haunting experience even after I had been ministered to about it. But I can tell you that today it never comes up unless I choose to share from that place to help somebody. I am never haunted yeah. by it. I'm never in fear about it. I never have any kind of perverted thoughts or anything. Uh, and so that's an extreme situation. And, and there's really some really extreme details I could share. But the point is, people have gone through that stuff and they carry it for years because they didn't allow themselves to be healed and they didn't just didn't know how to deal with it. Well, thank God when you know the Father and you're 100% convinced that He loves you and He yeah. would never allow any harm to you, then you would know that harm didn't come from God. It comes from somebody's own perverted imagination.
0: Yeah. Well, this is all so good, and I'm just gonna have to say to everybody, you're gonna have to come back for part two in order to get the rest of the story, because <laughs> okay. I've I've got more questions about Luke 10:19, which I you know I actually had some clarity on just as just as we were talking. But Luke 10:19, Jesus says, "I've given you all power and authority over the enemy." So you know what does that mean? And and we'll talk about that um, also. Just uh, uh, faith in you, the faith of Yeshua. That's another thing mm-hmm. I want to talk about. And then what's the point of life? What's the point of life? And I know people are going to ask this question. Why did Jesus have to die? So those are all things I want to cover in part two. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to get through them all. But uh, so make sure you come back for that and bless you all. Dr. Bill, thank you so much. This is, I I just love these conversations. They're so enlightening. Yeah. Yeah, so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, bless you, everyone. Uh, If you do want to see... The whole show, all of it at once, plus the behind the scenes, you can go to the um, KingdomTalksMedia.com and become a partner there under the behind the scenes section. But until next time, we'll see you later. Love you all. Bless you. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out
1: more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least... We ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.